Pastor Xavier Reese offers the best advice for marital bliss. If you know God is behind your engagement in your marriage, you will not give it up so easy. Divorce will never come up. You might discuss murder, but divorce won't. <laughs> then you have the first class marriage by the guidance of God. You understand? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Time is one of the best teachers, especially when it comes to walking by faith. Today, as Pastor Xavier continues his study in the book of Genesis, we come to a place in the life of Abraham when he finally learns to put his complete trust in the hand of a sovereign God. And that's in finding a spouse for his beloved son, Isaac. Genesis 24 and the message is entitled, God Chose the Bride of Isaac. God has just started his program through Abraham. The promise has been given to him, but now he's got to pass it on to his son Isaac. But there's a problem. Isaac doesn't have a wife. And so Abraham sends his servant to seek out a bride for Isaac and is revealed to us in this chapter through three movements. The first movement we see is in verse 1 to 9, the request of Abraham from his servant to seek the bride of Isaac. Then from 10 to 61, we have the request of the servant for God to pick out the bride of Isaac. Why servant? To pick out the bride of Isaac. And then the last movement is a short one, verse 62 to 67. The request was fulfilled by returning with the bride of Isaac. There is a constant instruction as you're raising your children that they um, not date non-believers and compromise their faith. And it's a warfare, and it's a good warfare, and it should be fought on every angle and every side. It's well worth it. There is the encouragement to the children constantly and should be that if they marry, they marry a believer, not a non-believer, lest they be unequally yoked, as 2 Corinthians 6.14 tells us. Light and darkness have no place together. We get the departure and arrival in Mesopotamia, and it happens real fast, no great detail, between verses 10 and 28. The departure, in particular, was with great preparation in verse 10 the servant took 10 of his master's camels an impressive mark of wealth for that day the remaining things are indicated simply by the statement for all his master's goods were in his hand he went loaded and the departure was an urgency he says and he rose and he went to Mesopotamia to the city of Naor okay now Mesopotamia means the area of the two rivers Tigris and Euphrates we've gone over that before the area where Abraham came out of. Abraham had received news, remember, about Nahor's children and his grandchildren after the sacrifice of Isaac and God gave the ransom, the ram, in Genesis 22, 22, 24. He had gotten news about that. Rebekah was the granddaughter, the only granddaughter mentioned. Here she is. In verse 11, the arrival was with great anticipation. Notice, at a place of resting, at the close of the day, he says, evening time. 
at the perfect time, the time when women go out to draw water. What a coincidence? No, right on time. The prayer of the servant was to Yahweh. In verse 12, he prayed on behalf of his master Abraham, not for himself. He's the instrument. He's silent, but his master. He said, O Lord Yahweh, God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. The word to give has the idea of God's providence. The same thing as Ruth in chapter 2, verse 3. It so happens she went to the fields of Boaz. No happenstance if you're a Christian. Not if you're walking with God. Notice in verse 13 and 14, he prayed with the specific conditions. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city are coming out to draw the water. Let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink, and she say, drink, and I will also give your camel's drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this... I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Very specific. Now, listen, ladies, gentlemen. If you're going to pray about something and you see something you want and you think that God wants you to have it, don't say, okay, Lord, if you really want me to have it, let the phone ring in the next hour. All right? No, no, no. Okay? Let's make it real difficult for God to really, if you want to put a fleece, people ask me about fleas. Well, if you do, make sure it's so off the wall that there's no way it can happen by accident. You understand? All right? This guy ain't playing games. This guy wants to know God's will. He's representing Abraham. This is the bride of Isaac. Verse 15 through 21, the answer to the prayer of the servant was answered. And it happened before he had finished speaking. Before he had finished speaking. That behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Naor, Abraham's brother, came out with his pitcher on her shoulder. It says... Now the young woman was very beautiful. And behold, a virgin, and no one had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the word for virgin, there's Bethula, which means a virgin, not betrothed, or espoused. She's available. There'll be a different word used at the end. In 17, the servant ran to meet her and said, please, let me drink a little water for your pitcher. Here's the test. He prayed. She said, drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. And then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to the draw water and draw for all the camels. The camel drinks about 20 to 25 gallons at this point. Their tanks were, were low. <laughs> That, now, that's what I call praying to God and really wanting an answer from God. You understand? So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took golden nose ring. Um, so, ladies, you're installed today if you have a nose ring. Uh, <laughs> weighed half a shekel, two brazen for a wrist, weighing ten shekels of gold. And the servant asked, whose daughter are you? Tell me, please. Is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? And the woman responded to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel. Boy, this guy went postal. Milcah's son, whose son bore to Naor. Everything's clicking. The woman was hospitable. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. What does this man do? Listen, this is what he does. 
the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord Yahweh. <laughs> and he said, Blessed be the Lord Yahweh, God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth towards my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Notice that, underline that, being on the way. If you are walking with God, then he's directing and guiding you. And as you're on the way, you may not see and know everything at the time, but you know he's going to be on time. He's going to be faithful. And as you're going, he'll lead you on the way. He is faithful in everything as you are depending upon him continually over and over and over again. Verse 28, the woman shared it with her family now. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. This could be an indication that Bethuel, her father, had more than one wife. Because he doesn't appear until later on. And he, he goes to her the family home. Remember, these guys were pagan. Abraham left out of her Chaldee. All right? They worshiped the moon god and all that. That's why God called them out. Now, we don't know to what extent they were serving the Lord by the judging of the past history and also Uncle Laban's future history that we're going to see. Um, they're kind of like a pancake half done still, okay? Verse 29 through 32, the meeting with the family of Rebekah is presented to us now. In verse 29 and 30, Laban, Rebekah's brother, was a greedy man and the first to greet the servants. Uh, we just get introduced to Uncle Laban here. Uh, Jacob, Rebecca's future son, is going to have to go to the University of Uncle Laban. Hard knocks. Laban ran out to the men by the well, verse 29 and 30 says, having seen the nose ring of Rebecca, the bracelet, and heard all the words she had shared. Greedy guy. Laban stood by the camels at the well. You say, well, what's the big deal? Ten camels is luxury. Let me put it in the modern day. He stood by the well where there was ten Rolls Royce. Hey, these guys are loaded. Laban is a swindler. Look at verse 31 and 32. He used spiritual words but was void of spirituality. And he said, come in, O blessed of the Lord Yahweh. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Maranatha. <laughs> hmm. 100% beef. He was hospitable, seeing personal gain. That's his motive. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared, I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. He wants a tip. The men accepted the invitation in verse 32. Then the men came to the house and he unloaded the camels and provided straw and feed for the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Interesting character, Laban. Out for himself always. The securing of Rebekah for Isaac comes next in verse 33 through 49. Notice in verse 33, the servant put business before pleasure. Mark this well. Food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told all my errand. And he said, speak on Tired, long trip. First things first. Let's get done with the business. The servant rehearsed his commission then from 34 to 31. 
He wanted to make sure they understood this was not just some hoax. He wanted them to understand that this was Abraham who had been called by God and that God was behind this transaction. And so in verse 34, he identifies himself, I am the Abraham's servant. In verse 35, he indicated the source and detail of Abraham's wealth. The Lord Yahweh had blessed my master greatly. He has become great and he has given his flocks and herds silver and gold, male and female servants and camels and donkeys. Verse 36, he related the birth and heirship of Isaac. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old. And to him he has given all that he has. And then in verse 37 and 38, he revealed his oath to Abraham. Now my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife or my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son. Notice he also reveals his caution to Abraham in verse 39. And I said to my master, perhaps the woman will not follow me. And so he reiterates to them the confidence of Abraham in verse 40. But he said to me, the Lord Yahweh, before whom I walk, will send his angel with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife for my son, for my family, and for my father's house. He even repeated the escape clause that was given to him. Verse 41 you will be clear from this oath when you arrive among your family. For if they will not give her to you, then you will be released from my oath. So everything's out on the table. There's no pressure on him, but now it's up to them to decide. They've got to say yes or no. There can't be no haggling. There can't be nothing else. It's one way or the other. Notice the servant recounted his guidance by God since the arrival. He's spoken about his master, the oath, but the most important thing is his arrival, what God had done from that point to this point, which makes him absolutely sure that she is the one. In verse 42 to 46, he reveals his dependency on God through prayer to choose the young woman. Verse 42, he prayed to Yahweh, the God of his master, at the well to prosper him on his mission. So he's a man who's very God-conscious. He's a man who is very dependent upon God in this entire ordeal. Verse 43, he perceives all the virgins coming out to draw water, and he said to Rebekah, please give me a little water from your pitcher to drink. Now the word virgin here is the word Alma. It means a virgin, a spouse, and betrothed. In faith, he sees her as already the bride. He uses the word that way. <laughs> And then notice in verse 44, she responded according to the prayer, offering him a drink, the camels, while at the same time, listen, here we have the narrator giving us a good glimpse from within the thoughts and the minds of the actual event that's going on, what's going on as he is doing this, and he's praying, he says he was praying, he says, let her be the woman whom the Lord Yahweh has appointed for my master's son. So as he has prayed, and then he's talking to Rebecca. He is praying at the same time. How we have to be in an attitude of prayer when we walk out the door, whatever we're going to do that day, whatever is going on, that not only have I prayed and asked God to guide me, but that I'm walking in an attitude of prayer. Lord, is this it? Lord, is this what you want me to do? What is going on? I am in communion with God. I am talking with God. He is speaking to me. He is directing and guiding me. This is what's going on here. 
And then in verse 45, he affirmed the leading of Yahweh from the beginning. But before I had finished speaking in my heart, so I'm praying in my heart, I'm talking to the Lord in my heart before I'm even done. Then Rebecca coming out with a pitcher in her shoulder, and she went down to the well and drew water. And I said to her, please let me drink. And so he tells him in verse 46 that she was the answer to the prayer exactly. And she made haste and let her pitcher down from the shoulder and said, drink, and I will give the camels also to drink. So I drank, and she gave the camels to drink also. What could he say? except that he reveals that the young woman met the conditions also, not only from the prayer perspective, but then he hits her from the other side. She met the family line perspective. Too many variables for it to be happenstance. Verse 47 through 49 and 47, he questioned her, whose daughter are you? And she said, the daughter of Bethuel, Naor's son, and Milcah's uh, that milk aboard to him. So I put the nose ring on her nose and the bracelet on her wrist. And then he communicated again his celebration in adoration of Yahweh for his faithfulness. And I bowed my head, he tells him, and worshiped the Lord Yahweh and blessed the Lord Yahweh God of my master, Aaron, who had led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. And so he concluded by asking them, what's your decision? I've laid it all out for you. What do you say? Now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or the left hand. No pressure. If they said no, then it wasn't the one. There's the escape clause. And so the family approved it in the engagement of Rebecca to Isaac, verse 50 through 54. They wanted to confirm the Lord's words. Listen to him. Here's Rebecca before you, verse 51. Take her and go, and let her be your master's wife as the Lord Yahweh has spoken. And so they can clearly see that God's hand is upon this whole transaction, and they can only decide one way. Go ahead. God's in it. But in verse 52, the servant of Abraham once again celebrates in the worship of Yahweh. He says, And it came to pass when Abraham's servant heard their words that he worshiped the Lord. The Lord Yahweh bowed himself to the earth. And the word here, worship, is the same one that we saw in chapter 18 when uh, the angel, two angels and God came and, and met with Abraham, uh, bowing to the ground. But not only did he celebrate in the worshiping of Yahweh, and this is a guy's custom. This is, I mean, this is what he does. It's not just when he's in church. It's not just when things are going right. This is his practice. But also in the giving of gifts. Look at verse 53 there. He says, Then the servant brought out Jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold, clothing, and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave precious things to the brother and to her mother. And then celebrated in eating together. Verse 54, the first portion. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they stayed all night. So all the people, all the servants that came with the servant of Abraham, all of them. And then lastly, 
in readiness to depart. Verse 54. Who is this man walking in the field to meet me, meet us? The servant said, it is my master. And she responded in modesty. So she took a veil and covered herself. And then notice verse 66. The firsthand report of his commission for the bride. The transfer of authority has taken place. And the servant told Isaac. Abraham's not even mentioned in this chapter. Except for the beginning. And he mentions my master. But when he comes back, he comes back to Isaac. Not Abraham. The authority has been transferred. The faithful guidance of Yahweh. All things that he had done, he told him. As he recounted everything to the family of Rebekah, he recounts every detail to Isaac. Why? Because Isaac, it's important that he understands how much God was behind this arrangement. If you know God is behind your engagement and your marriage, you will not give it up so easy. Divorce will never come up. You might discuss murder, but divorce won't. <laughs> then you have the first class marriage by the guidance of God in verse 67. Rebekah filled the void of Isaac's mother. Then Isaac brought her into his mother's tent, Sarah, and he took Rebekah and she became his wife. Isaac loved her, it says. Isaac was complete. He was comforted after his mother's death. He was complete, as God indicated in the beginning of Genesis. It's not good that man should be alone. I will make a help me, one comparable for him. Isaac's mother played a major role in his life. There's a void in our life, but that void is transferred in our marriages. Our wife, our husband, becomes everything that we ever need. Doesn't mean the family members are excluded or abandoned. But you will be complete in your wife and your husband. The world today tells you you're not complete. It's a lie from the pit of hell. There is nothing like being able to say, mission accomplished by God. You understand? <laughs> nothing better. The last time we saw Isaac was on the mountain. And we know he returned with Abraham and the two servants, but he's not really mentioned. And I think that it's not accidental. I think it's purposeful. Because it's a beautiful type of Christ in his church. This is the first time we see Isaac mentioned since chapter 22 directly. It is when his bride joins him. The next time we will see Jesus Christ is when we, the church of Christ, his bride, are joined with him in the clouds. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. How soon is that? I don't know. But the Lord says, pray and watch and be ready. And so the seeking out of the bride of Isaac has been revealed through these three movements. Very instructional for us, for our everyday life. The request of Abraham from his servant to seek the bride of Isaac was very, very clear. Be clear about your mission in life as a Christian. Be very clear. The request of the servant for God to pick out the bride of Isaac was wisdom. You single? 
Oh, don't go fishing. You might catch jaws. The request was fulfilled by turning or returning with the bride of Isaac by God's doing. You want to be able to say, God did this. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. God's behind this. And then you'll enjoy life. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of keeping God in your marriage plans. And you can pick up a copy of today's Bible lesson, God Chose the Bride of Isaac. It's available on CD for just $4. Now, this copy also includes what was shared the last time we were together. So the title to ask for once again is, God Chose the Bride of Isaac. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's always helpful when you include the call letters of this station when you do contact us. Does God have everything under control? Find out when you tune in to the next edition of Simple Truths featuring Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com